it's, it's like house insurance. Yeah. Just because you have it doesn't mean you want to have a fire. Mm -hmm. It just means that if this, you start smelling smoke, it's a damn good thing to have. Yeah. <laughs> the Global Passport Investor is your go-to podcast. Welcome back, listeners and viewers. In the last episode of The Global Passport Investor, I spoke with David L'Esperance, and he explained how investment migration, taxation, and elections overlap. Let's listen on for the rest of that conversation. Let's dissect, though, uh, just for our listeners uh, to appreciate the, um, uh, you know, the, 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 what, what the segment really is, these numbers uh, that increase year in, year out of expatriation. I mean, uh, is, would, would you agree with me that at least historically this mostly had to do with Americans abroad who, who weren't foreseeing uh, coming back to, their, to the shores of America and therefore wanted to unlatch themselves from Uncle Sam's grip? Um, but we've also all read the articles, and I know you've been involved uh, in some of these cases linked to actually homegrown Americans, largely maybe on the back of a pending wealth event uh, wanting to um, expatriate themselves out of uh, the implications of that. So, but what does that make? Is it still predominantly in your experience, uh, Americans abroad, or do you see a growing contingent of uh, Americans in America wanting uh, to pick up their bags? The, the Americans abroad, there's a wider group of them who are expatriating because it's too complicated, yeah. too much of a pain to be an American living in. London, outside of the outside. United States. Yeah. You've got to deal with all of these U.S. tax compliance issues. You're worrying about, am I properly complying because mm. the penalties are large? Mm. So that group, um, they would have more people who are going to expatriate to kind of get rid of the complication. Mm -hmm. uh, so those would be what, what have been called accidental Americans. They yes. may have been people like uh, Boris Johnson, who happened to have been born in the United States but left when they were an infant, or somebody who's got an American parent and never lived in the United States, and they're finding that life as a result of, a, of something called FATCA has become horribly complicated. It's, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's a large that, contingent of what we see in the figures. Um, in, in the figures, but the figures, I mean, again, we don't, you know, I don't want to go too deep. If you're really interested in this, you can go to my website. I've done a deep dive white paper on the expatriation list and the numbers. Okay. Okay. The other, but the, the group you're talking about are those who are in the United States mm. who may have homes abroad or travel abroad, but effectively they've centered their lives in, Silicon Valley or Manhattan or Miami or, yeah. you know, yeah. Connecticut or wherever. And they are sitting there saying, well, what federal, in the case of New York City and potentially in, in, um, uh, in yeah. San Francisco San city California. or federal tax, am I looking at, you know, Washington brought in a wealth tax, you know, so Jeff Bezos decided good time to be closer to mom and dad in Florida than in Washington state. Yeah. California is, 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 uh, again, introducing a potential wealth tax. So the biggest barrier for that group of clients has been what I call life inertia. Well, so we. I want to. Yeah. I, I want to dissect that. Uh, hold that thought. I'm going to ask you more about 
examples of life inertia. But uh, it, it, what you're saying is that uh, life has been too cushy, and, it, and at best they move from one state to the next. Uh, we, we all heard about the Californians moving to Florida or Texas and the, the New Yorkers doing mm-hmm. the same, uh, you know, minus the state taxes that uh, Florida and Texas doesn't have. Um, but it has, has, I think COVID brought a new dimension to those clients thinking, well, you know, let's look beyond the shores of America. Where else could I be establishing that second, third or fourth home? Um, and, and that's very much the space in which you, you come in and say, well, let's talk about these other mm-hmm. jurisdictions. Um, and, and is that starting to pick up in, in, in your, um, that you're seeing in your practice? Oh, absolutely. So, so this life inertia, so we all you know, know the famous New Yorker uh, magazine cover of the island of Manhattan and then, you know, New Jersey's bridge and tunnels. Okay, I have to go there and the rest of the world is kind of this small little thing. Well, when the pandemic hit in New York, people all of a sudden bugged out of New York, out of Manhattan and they arrived in Connecticut and they said, well, you know, honey, there's this thing called DoorDash, our favorite restaurant in New York can deliver. And now I know what you're talking about with with this Prime, uh, Amazon Prime. I can get all this stuff delivered. And while that was happening, while they were camped out in the Hamptons or Connecticut, they're sitting there saying, well, there's a New York City mayoral race coming on, and they're talking about cranking up the city tax because New York has city, state, and, and federal tax. And so, well, maybe we'll look at because a body in motion, because they have now moved, and a body in motion tends to stay in motion. So they've overcome the in life inertia. So now they're looking at, well, maybe we'll move to Florida. Mm. Okay, maybe we'll move to Palm Beach or Miami. Then they start saying, well, maybe we'll find, fall, follow John Paulson to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we'll actually look at not only moving to Florida or Puerto Rico, but also looking at completely leaving not only city and state tax, but the federal tax. So they look at an expatriation. So we, once people were forced to overcome that life inertia by that, they discovered Zoom. They discovered <laughs> FedEx. They discovered DoorDash. Yes. They discovered that they can live outside of the island of Manhattan. Yeah. And, and the same thing with Silicon Valley. Um, and so that, you got into kind of openings to the possibilities. Yeah, a new lifestyle opening. You really open people's minds to the possibility. Exactly. No, we certainly saw that, and that led to the surge. Um, before we get on to uh, our next question, David, I, I do want to remind our guests, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, to please leave your questions in the comments section. And for those of you listening to the podcast, we invite you to email us at questions at globalpassportinvestor.com. So, David, let's let's bring the conversation uh, closer to to my home now here in the UK. Here too, we have uh, an expected election uh, this fall, twenty twenty four. What's the landscape here in the UK as far as you your discussions, the discussions you're having with UK nationals? What are they concerned about, um, and uh, what could happen to high net worths here? Uh, depending on uh, who you read and the pundits' uh, concerns over Labour government, uh, how do you see that play out? And what are you recommending in the end for for Brits uh, to to uh, to protect themselves against? Well, in the United States, you have an event certain in a November election, but you have an uncertain outcome. Correct. In the UK, 
you have a pretty certain outcome. I mean, the Telegraph and the Times last weekend, I think it was 326 seats for, for Labour to 120 for, for the Tories, Lib Debs and S&P, you know, 20, 30 each. Right. So it's pretty certain that we're going to have a Labour majority government. Mm-hmm. We just don't know when the writ is going to drop. He, uh, the prime minister has to drop it by December 16th in order to, to do it. Yeah. You know, will he drop it after the, the conservative convention, et cetera? But it will happen in 2024. Now the question is, what will Labour do? Well, the remittance basis, and we'll assume that those who are interested in this know what the remittance basis or non-DOM system is in the UK. But so right now, a non-DOM get, only gets taxed for income and capital gains purposes on their UK source. Yep. or their foreign current foreign income that they remit into their hands yes. into the UK. Correct. Again, high net worth have enough money to cover kind of, you know, their expenses in the UK, so they tend not to remit anything. Yeah. Uh, so that's really UK source and U- UK CITES for IHT, inheritance tax purposes. Yeah, correct. So and this, and Labor the, these are provisions said, that have been around for, well, uh, tax advisor once told me for 260 years. years. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. you know, better. I, I couldn't believe it. And it, they went on to say it's what made London what it is today. It's just brought a massive amount of international wealth to, uh, to the city and, and to the country. And, and uh, anyone who's in this field, I'm sure you would agree. Uh, anyone in this field will say if, if governments touch this, uh, they risk a flight of both uh, financial and human capital out of the city. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was brought in, if, if those who are watching the Apple TV, Napoleon, uh, guess where they all fled to? Uh, for Scarlet Pumpernickel fans, this was to deal with that that movement and subsequent movements. Um, so the remittance basis, um, Sir Keir, the, the, the labor leader, has said he's going to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not the first time a a labor a potential labor government has said that gordon brown when he was chancellor of the exchequer in tony blair's government said he wanted to get rid of the remittance basis when he got the keys to number 10 he didn't do it Uh but i believe this time is is going to be different for a couple of reasons number one is uh starmer made it sir keir made it personal because he went after rishi sunak's wife wife the second thing is labor in their convention put this as part of their platform the third thing is the labor continues you know with their various improvements on nhs and and, and school breakfast clubs etc keeps talking about how this is all going to be paid yeah. by the non-doms yeah. now i'm not i i'm not a brit i'm not going to vote in this election my First wife once accused me of looking at the world like Mr. Spock. She thought it was an insult. I thought it was untrue, but aspirational. So I try to be agnostic and look yes. at the world as it be is, as not logic, how I wish it was. As logical as yeah. you can see it. As logical as it can be. So yeah. my so there has been floated some kind of, you know, maybe we'll phase this in. So was, so they're going to change the remittance basis, whether they will get rid of it right away or phase it in it's going to change. Mm-hmm. And so prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Mm-hmm. So if they get rid of it, what does that mean? Well, instantly that means, and again, the higher the net worth, and if you look at the Times Rich list, the top nine out of 10 are all non-DOMs. Yep. Um, 
you, you, you look at that and you say, okay, um, and I'll, I'll, I've had clients do this. And so I had a client say, okay, well, what happens if they get rid of the remittance basis? I'm now taxed for income and capital gains purposes on a worldwide basis. Mm-hmm. I, like a lot of wealthy people, tend not to have a lot of income. I have capital gains. What's going to be my, what's going to be my increase in tax? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, but more importantly, for inheritance tax purposes, right now, I'm only taxed on my UK source. Now I'm yeah. going to be taxed on my worldwide, worldwide. stuff. Now, let's let's use a practical example. Let's say that this person's worth 220 million uh, sterling of worldwide assets, mm-hmm. and 20 million of that is UK source. And so they say, "Well, you know, I'm not going to do the, in the, you know, above what, whatever the minimum nil rate is." But let's say that I'm not going to invest in farmland or do any of those other things. I'm just going to take out an insurance policy. So my, it's 40 percent. So I got an insurance policy for eight million. To pay the pay the tax. tax, that's fine. Yeah. Well, remittance basis goes. They're domiciled in the UK. They're now IHT is two hundred and twenty million. So now I got to take out insurance for eighty eight million. Yeah, and you know I'm eating well, and I got a personal trainer, and I hope to live for a long time, which means every year I got to pay that premium. Yeah, and, and to quote one of my clients, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, London's nice. Yeah. It ain't that well, nice. I, I was about to say, that's when I get the phone call. Tell me more about Italy's, uh, you know, forfait lump sum tax regime or um, Greece, no less, who's come out with its version of this. And, of course, we all know Switzerland has had this at the Canton level for a number of years. And, uh, and Portugal is, is you know, changing, changing. Their, their NHR, yep. but it's still – that's still a the new regime that they're bringing in is still – quite useful. Yes, indeed, indeed. And and if they really like the uh, the the gray and wet uh, weather, they could look at where I lived for 9 years in Jersey in the Channel Islands. I'm sure they could work out an arrangement with uh, with uh, Guernsey or Jersey. So yeah, the, the the reality is as you and I well know is people and particularly the wealthy have options. And so if uh, London, if UK does away with this, uh, particularly in the example you just gave, there's uh, very smart reasons, logical Spock like reasons why you would pick up the phone and talk to David and Eric to see what options exist for them and their family. Uh, listen, that's, um, we, we could dive, uh, deeper into each one of these examples. Uh, you and I have had many of them over the years, but I guess the takeaway from this last part of our, the segment was it's not just, uh, an emerging market thing to look at getting a better residency or citizenship. I made my career bringing, um, uh, a lot of wealthy Asians to Toronto and Vancouver through the immigrant investor program, as an example, uh, as well as, you know, Russians to London uh, back in the tier one investor visa. So all these emerging market uh, demands were real and tangible, but now we're truly uh, in this global business where uh, Canadians, I just was in Antigua welcoming uh, mm-hmm. my fourth Canadian family to Antigua. So, you know, Canadians have beef over what Trudeau's doing uh, in the same way you have Americans concerned about Trump or Biden. Uh, and yes, there's a segment here worried about what uh, a labor government could bring. Uh, and those are all Western problems that are bringing Western high net worth to, to want to talk uh, to guys like you and I. 
Uh, David, I want to bring us to this part of the show now um, called Anecdota Time. This is where we we uh, share, we ask you as a guest on our show to uh, share, uh, yeah, whether it's an anecdote or a funny tale, anything that you would recall from your your career or just personally that you've um, hopefully never told anyone that you could share with this audience, maybe linked to the industry or maybe not, but just a general observation or an experience you had that touches well into this world that we're talking about. So feel free, uh, David, to get candid and share with you, share with us uh, what comes to mind. Do you have something that comes to mind? That's yeah. I, yeah? I had two, two story stories where this came in pandemic um, Sardinia has a season where high net worth clients go to Sardinia for the season. Plane arrives. This is after, of course, Italy is in the middle of the pandemic. Europe is, has, has closed off everything to, um, to Americans. As you just said, plane arrives, private jet in Sardinia. Um, couple of Germans, couple of Americans, Germans. Oh, you're part of the EU club. Come on in the Americans. No, oh, but we've got like a multi-million dollar home here. We don't care. You haven't got the right travel document. You get back on your private jet and you fly back to New York. And so that was one case. I had another case early in my career where it was a, an American businessman was going through a divorce. Um, he got a court or his, his, his wife got a court to, as courts have the ability to do, to uh, have him turn over his American passport. Her very clever divorce lawyer thought, well, I know he's got a big business deal in London that he's got to go to. Now we've got him over a rock. So, you know, uh, so he called up, you know, her lawyer called up his lawyer and said, okay, let's have a meeting uh, next Tuesday because I know your client's got to be there on on Thursday. So Tuesday comes Mm -hmm. and goes. And she's reading on Friday morning him pictures of him in London closing this big business deal. He comes back. Well, how the hell is he doing that? His American passport is sitting with the judge. Yeah, but she didn't know that we had gotten him a Caribbean passport, which had visa-free travel to the UK, which he used that to fly into London, close the deal, and came back. So the following Monday, they had the the negotiation meeting, which was slightly different than the one they thought they were going to have the previous Tuesday. <laughs> oh, I mean, you and I could fill uh, the next hour with these kind of stories and anecdotes. Um, too many to recount, but uh, yeah. let me say, I mean, it's it's the old adage, right? You'd rather have it and not need it than suddenly need it, but not have it. Right. And, and, you know, for so many of our clients, you and I, David know, right. I mean, is it the next, you know, version of the fancy Mercedes or can I, or should I not be getting something out of the Caribbean that uh, is a nice, nice backstop? It's like, it's like house insurance. Yeah. Just because you have it doesn't mean you want to have a fire. It just means that if this, you start smelling smoke, it's a damn good thing to have. Yeah. <laughs> well said. I love your anecdotes. You're the king of anecdotes. David, listen, you've been a, a, a very entertaining guest for sure. I want to thank you for joining me on this. Uh, I'm sure we'll be doing others. Uh, maybe we should do one after the elections. Uh, we know in November for sure in the United States. I suspect that here in the UK, we could also be seeing something uh, in the fall, whether it's October, November. Uh, so I think we'll, by the end of the year, no later, shall we have a lot 
to discuss. But in the meantime, do you agree with me? I think we're going to be busy. This is, I hope everybody had a restful uh, vacation because this is going to be a wild and woolly 2024. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So listeners and viewers, uh, thank you for joining us and stay tuned for the next episode of the Global Passport Investor. We'll see you shortly. All right, David. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks, Eric. Bye. That's great. I'll, uh, like I we said, hope that you're enjoying the show and that listening to my guests and I discuss golden passports and golden visas has got you interested in international residency and citizenship. For a deep dive into the recommended residency and citizenship programs available, please check out latitudeworld.com for further details. 